A world existing in one man's mind, but the people aren't necessarily one of a kind. With lands and beings of different shapes and sizes, you can go anywhere, and it'll be full of surprises. Welcome to Tales from Somnium, written by Kane Casillas. Credits to Pixabay for all of the music in this episode, and Freesound for all of the sound effects in this episode. Headphones are advised. And now, sit back and relax as you listen to one of the many tales from Somnium. Episode 1, Molded Memories. Jinx Hattie completed her retinal scan before exiting the verification booth and headed down the hall to her left. Both the walls and floor in the dimly lit hallway were made with dark wooden planks, often making it difficult for Jinx to tell where she was walking. She had no idea where she was, where she was going, or what had influenced her to head down the brown box of a hall she found herself in. She began to slow down. What if she was being tricked? Had she been kidnapped? Why couldn't she remember anything? Come along, Jinx. There's no need to be afraid. Jinx continued down the hall, the lack of light occasionally causing her to misstep and accidentally kick the wall. When she finally crept her way out of the shadows, she saw a man standing behind a desk. From what she could see, he wore bright blue spectacles and a dark brown apron. His twirly mustache and small frame indicated to Jinx that the man was not a threat, a decision that dictated her interactions with the man every day. She approached him and asked a series of questions. Who are you? Who am I? Where is this place? What's going on? Was I kidnapped? Enslaved? Is no this- No need to fear, Miss Hattie. I'm the historian, artificial intelligence and keeper of the memories of the citizens of Minosia. You say that like I'm supposed to understand what that means. Oh, no one does when they wake up. You say that like I'm supposed to understand what that means. Memories have frequently been misconstrued, my dear. Dreams and nightmares occur, often distorting an individual's perception of an experience or event. Information on social media has proven to be false. Allegations of serious crimes have been left unresolved because so many different sides of the same story have been presented. Here in Minosia, we have removed that problem. Jinx took a minute to process the information. The historian waited. He knew it was a lot to take in. After some awkward silence, which I'll spare you from with this voiceover, Jinx asked the only question that could come to mind. How? You're always the only one to ask that. It's my favorite part about you. Every night, the people of Minosia sleep in pods. These pods extract your memories and deliver them to me. I save them here, in the vault I like to call the Mind's Eye. This allows our society to maintain an accurate depiction of every event in history. If there is a disagreement between two perspectives, we simply check the event for all different factors leading to it and come to a verdict on what really happened. Then, every morning, we give each person their memories back so they may create new ones before sleeping again, which is why you're here right now. So, who am I? You are Detective Jinx Hattie of the MPD. Your curiosity evolved into a love for mystery and led you to the Minosia Police Department. You ranked top of your class and became the first female detective in Minosia's history. I'm a cop? Damn, I didn't, didn't realize, realize I was, I was this cool. cool. Yes, you say that quite frequently. All right, Mr. Know-it-all. What was I doing last night? Was I working a case? Indeed you were. You and your partner, Pat Movarian, are currently working in the Vault of Memories, aka the Mind's Eye, to determine what happened in the troubling murder of a Ms. Laurel Duffer. Mr. Movarian has already received his memories today and is awaiting your arrival in the Mind's Eye. Hmm. All right, Four Eyes, give me my memories. It amazes me how you find a new nickname for me every day despite having amnesia in the morning. The historian handed Jinx a blue vial and told her to drink it. 
She did, sending a surge of adrenaline through her mind. She experienced everything from her life. Every birthday, meal, interaction, her high school graduation, induction into the Minosia Police Department, and the passing of her mother. All in the span of two seconds. Jinx's head whipped back as she caught herself up on her life and fell to the floor. She waited for a few seconds, took a deep breath, and rose to her feet. Whew. Well, that feels better. You said Malvarian's already in the mind's eye? Yes, ma'am. Maybe we finally found something. Jinx passed the historian's desk and walked through a pair of doors behind him. Since she was working on a case, she had free passage into the mind's eye, but only had access to the memories of the parties involved in the crime. She always thought it was foolish to close access to everyone else's memories. For all she knew, the crime could have been committed via behind-the-scenes work. When Jinx entered the mind's eye, she found herself surrounded by thousands of vials containing blue liquid, the memories of everyone in Minosia. She knew better than to touch them, or at least she did now that she had her memories. She could only touch what was assigned to her. Hey, Hattie, over here. Jinx followed the voice around a series of turns until she found herself facing a man in a fedora. Despite the hat covering his hazel eyes and dark brown hair, Jinx could still see his chiseled jawline and the scar on his right cheek. She knew it was none other than... Detective Pat Mulvarian. Nice to see you're here in one piece. You know that saying that joke every morning isn't funny when we already have our memories back, right? Oh, shush. It's tradition at this rate. Alright, if you say so. What have we got so far? Well, for this being day two of the case, a lot. I found Laurel Duffer's last memories before she was murdered. You know, I've just been watching the murder on repeat and taking notes of everything going on before you got here. Good work, Mulvarian. Let me get a look at the memory. Jinx watched Laurel Duffer's tape several times, taking notes on everything in the room besides the obvious. Of the little details, she noticed a broken light bulb dangling from the ceiling, a shattered window on the left, and a desk with a few scattered papers on it. The audio rang in Jinx's ears to the point where she could hear it when she paused the memory. What are you doing to me? Why am I here? You have your memories. You know exactly what I want from you. Please, I don't even know you. Please, please, spare me. Oh, I've been far too much just to let you go, darling. (laughs) Laurel's muffled screams were the last noises to come from her mouth, while the face of the man who choked her to death was the last thing she saw. Have we identified the murderer yet? His face is literally right in the shot. Oh, it's always unsettling when you use film terminology for someone's memories. Look, we're told we're detectives, but we might as well be critics for the darkest biographies ever. They're people, Hattie. And we're detectives. I feel for the families that lose people to garbage like this. I've been one of those people. But we have a job to do. I'm not going to start getting soft on them because I feel bad. Excuse our judgment. Pat wanted to argue with his partner, but knew two fundamental truths. Jinx was stubborn, and Jinx was right. There was no point in arguing with her. Besides, he knew she was just trying to keep him on task. Sometimes, it really bothers me that you're so much better at this than I am. I'll make sure to gloat a little extra for you. Already been doing that to me for five years. You still didn't answer my question. Did we identify the murderer? Nope. I was waiting for you to arrive. But now that we're both here, I think we should head over to Laney and catch this sucker. Ugh, 
Great. Can you just go without me? Not unless you finally decide to tell me why you don't like her. It was at this moment Jinx could choose between vulnerability and pride. She chose pride. All right, partner. Let's go ID this killer and close this case shut together. Oh, I still can't tell if I love or hate that nickname. Jinx and Pat took Laurel's memories and their love-hate relationship and headed to the library, the department inside the mind's eye meant for viewing and interpreting memories. The library was run by a middle-aged woman who always wore large purple glasses and a polka dot dress. Her hair poofed up in a large bun, which was how Jinx and Pat managed to spot her in a room full of papers, computers, and vials. Mrs. Marnello, I told you that you could just call me Laney, Jinx. I told you to call me Detective Hattie, Mrs. Marnello. Uh, hi, Laney. Lovely to see you again. Hi, Pat. What can I do for you today? We need you to identify this man in this memory. He's the murderer of a Laurel Duffer. Once we catch him, we'll hand him over to the council. A lightweight project? You insult me, Mr. Movarian. Ah, you can just call me Pat. She's flirting with you, Nimrod. Something she shouldn't be doing after the last time she was in a relationship. Jinx, that's not fair. That's Detective Hattie to you. You of all people should remember the last name. Okay. I don't know what this is or what history you two have, but I personally just want our killer ID'd. Is that alright? Yes. Yes, of course. Pat handed the memory vial to Lainey, who then inserted it into an outlet on her computer. Wires connected to the vial and glowed a bright blue as the computer screen pulled up the memory of Laurel Duffer's murder. Lainey froze the memory on the moment the killer's face appeared. Alright, that's our guy. Let me just... Alright, the man we're looking for is Jasper Strafe. Hmm. Can you pull up his memories? Sure thing. Huh? That's... strange. What's strange? I... I can't find him. What? Doesn't the mind's eye have records of every citizen of Minosia after the last 200 years? Yes, so why Jasper Strafe isn't showing up is completely beyond my comprehension. Can you alter or erase memories? Oh, heavens no! The reason we save these memories is to get an accurate depiction of events. Altering or erasing them would be a direct violation of everything the system stands for. So this guy hasn't been sleeping in his pod or something? No. If that were the case, we'd still have memories from Strafe's youth or anything prior to this murder. Maybe there's a secret society that doesn't use pods? They feel like it's some sort of government control? If there was one, the historian would have sniffed it out by now. So you're basically saying that Jasper Strafe just doesn't exist? That's exactly what I'm saying doesn't make any sense. I know it doesn't. I'm going to hold on to this for now and bring this to the historian for further review tonight. I'll have your answers in the morning. Okay, well, here's a list of all the questions we have. I hope to find them all answered when we come back tomorrow. That's a lot of questions. And we expect all of the answers. Good day, Miss Marnello. Uh, Laney. As Pat exited the library, Lainey called out to Jinx before she left. 
Detective Hattie, what do you want? I know we can't erase memories, but if I could, I would erase what I did from your mind. <laughs> well, just well. If that was supposed to be some sort of apology, it's not accepted. Saying you'd erase my mind after all you did to ruin my family is not comforting. I just meant- I know what you meant, but here's the thing. My mother killed herself because you, a homewrecker librarian, had a six-year affair with my father. Nothing you can say or do will ever change that. You could definitely never make up for that. Even if you would want to erase my memory to spare me of the trauma, the last thing I'd want to do is forget about it all and actually be friendly towards you. That's the last thing you deserve. Give me info on Jasper Strafe tomorrow. Until then, stay out of my sight. Jinx stormed out of the library, leaving Lainey Ranillo alone to do her work. Lainey watched the memory of Laurel's murder on repeat and would spend the next eight hours trying to find Jasper Strafe. After a long night of searching, Lainey finally decided it was time to take the case of Jasper Strafe to the historian. She was stumped. She had spent all day trying to find this man to no avail, but if anyone could do it, she figured the historian could. She headed to his office, a cold, empty room with dozens of holographic screens on the walls. Lainey knew this was how the historian monitored and organized the memories of Minosia when the citizens were asleep. While she knew that was an important job, Lainey thought this was just as urgent. Quickly, she filled the historian in on what Jinx and Pat had found earlier that day. Curiouser and curiouser. There are no memories of this man at all. None, sir. Then the man simply does not exist. This system has no flaws. No errors have been made in all 200 years Minosia has been operated this way, let alone detected. There must be a more logical explanation to this blemish. May I see Laurel Duffer's memory? Laney played the memory of Laurel's murder for the historian, who sprouted 12 pairs of digital eyes from his head to see the memory from every angle. After watching it seven times, I found the mistake. Look at the desk on top of the papers. Is that? A pair of contact lenses and a wig, yes. Both brown. So Jasper Strafe is another man in disguise? No, my dear. Jasper Strafe is Jasper Strafe disguised as another man. Do you find his dimensions? Yes. From what I could gather, he's six foot two and one seventy-five. Search for male citizens of Minosia with those dimensions and add brown eyes and hair as features. After searching with all of the specifics her boss had ordered her to enter, Lainey pulled a list of roughly three hundred men on her computer. The historian scrolled through it, looking at all of the names. Do you think we're going to catch him? Yes, but it may take more time than I would like to admit. All we have to do is go through everyone's memories, but even then, 300 people is a lot to investigate at such a high level of attentiveness. We must catch every little detail to see if our killer ever had a slip-up in his disguise. Sir, with all due respect, they'll take too long. For all we know, this man could go around killing more innocent people while we're still watching toddlers potty train. A valid point, Mrs. Manilo. Perhaps a more efficient task can be performed in person when each suspect comes to the welcoming desk in the morning. They won't have their memories, meaning we can't apprehend our killer without them knowing. First in the rotation will be this one. He tends to show up early. The historian highlighted a suspect's profile and showed it to Lainey, whose eyes widened in shock. You don't think... No. No way. Right? No, Mrs. Manello. I do not think it is this man. But I cannot rule out a suspect without evidence. It'd be a real shame if he were the killer. I think he's cute. 
You have an eclectic taste, Mrs. Manilo. First James Hattie, the African-American. Now this man, a Caucasian. Nothing wrong with not being picky. No, I suppose not. Well, thank you for bringing this case to my attention, dear colleague. You may go to your pod. I will see you in the morning. Lainey took her computer and left the office. Once she was gone and sleeping in her pod, the historian continued to review and organize memories as he planned his course of action for tomorrow. The next day, Jinx Hattie woke up with no memory of herself. Once again, she descended down the dark hallway, called the historian Egghead, and regained her memories for the day. Historian? Yes, Miss Hattie? Would you happen to know if Mrs. Marnello found anything regarding the murder of Laurel Duffer? Anything on Jasper Strafe? Indeed she has. Your partner isn't here yet, though. It's best you wait here for him. With me. Jinx detected something off in the historian's voice, which she hadn't even thought was possible considering he was AI. Nevertheless, he sounded different. Less playful, more stern. Not only that, but only more stern when he mentioned Pat specifically. Speaking of Pat, he's set to arrive in three, two, one. Uh, hey! What the heck is going on here? <laughs> See? I like to have my fun. Mr. Movarian, welcome. Please, drink this. I originally did not want you to, but my associate persuaded me to provide you with your memories in hopes of gaining more insight. Ah, uh, I have no clue what you just said. <laughs> just drink the vial and you'll get your memories back, Pat. Pat took his memory vial from the historian and drank it. Within seconds, he remembered everything about himself. Well, everything he knew about himself, at least. Oh, man, that's always a trip. <sighs> Howdy, Jinx. Uh, do we have any new leads on Strafe? In fact, we do. Mrs. Marnillo? Lainey Marnillo approached the welcoming desk, not daring to look Pat in the eyes. Her knees turned in as she shyly stood before the detective. Her fingernails were six inches long and sharp. Painted on them were outlines of hearts in red with pink in their centers. I'm really sorry about this, Pat. I thought I was being more efficient, but I wasn't. At least I'll get to finish my nails with this. What? Sorry, sorry about what? Wait. Ah! Ah! Lainey sank her nails into Pat's brown eyes. Ah! The sharp ends of her nails scraped his eyelids, creating trickles of blood that cascaded down Pat's face. Finally, Lainey felt her fingernails go behind each eyeball, so she pulled. Yanking as hard as she could, Pat's eyeballs popped out of their sockets and rolled around the floor. Pat fell to the ground in agony. What did you do? Just wait, detective. We're looking for something. As blood squirted from where Pat's eyes used to be, Lainey poked the detached eyeballs. She dragged her fingers around, looking for a layer to peel. After a few seconds of searching, she found it. She pulled two brown contact lenses off of the eyeballs and placed them on the historian's desk. She presented the real eyeballs to find that they were... Blue. Mrs. Marnello, please check our suspect's hair. Lainey wrapped her hands around Pat's scalp and dug her nails into his skull. With much more ease, she pulled Pat's brown hair off, revealing blonde hair. Well, I guess that solves that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Back up. Can either of you tell me what the hell you just did to my partner? Your partner was never your partner, Detective Hattie. He was Jasper Strafe, and he took the persona of Pat Movarian to avoid being caught for his crimes. What? That's impossible! The idea of it being impossible is what's impossible, Jinx. We just outed him as Jasper Strafe. He made the foolish mistake of leaving his contacts and wig on the desk as he murdered Laurel Duffer. After a simple search, we caught our man. 
You mean you assaulted a suspect? The suspect who happened to be the man we were looking for. So if Pat wasn't Jasper, which he still isn't, were you going to do that to your other suspects? There's no need to speculate on scenarios that will never come to fruition. Your partner was the murderer. Except none of it makes sense. Elaborate. For starters, I've worked with Pat for five years. I've stolen his fedoras, poked his eyes, and, and given him nookies. We're tight like that. Not once during any of those instances did I feel contacts or a wig. But both of those items were right there in the memory. Which leads me to my next point. She hands the historian her notebook. These are the notes Pat and I took while assessing the memory of the murder. Look at what we wrote about the desk. Nothing on the desk except for a few loose papers. So you didn't happen to see the most incriminating piece of evidence? Because it wasn't there, Marnillo. There weren't any contacts, and there definitely wasn't something as big as a wig on the desk. Are you implying that we're hiding something? Because I will remind you, it has been my duty for 200 years to uphold the integrity of all memories of my nausea. No, no, I'm not saying that. You're an AI. You're incapable of making miscalculations like that. I'm saying someone messed with the memory. Now that, Miss Hattie, is impossible. But nothing else makes sense. Why did Jasper Strafe register as a real person on the library's computer if he's never been identified before? Wouldn't it pull up Pat's profile, or his memories, or nothing at all? She's right, historian. This is a highly irregular era. Oh! Oh no. Not you. Shut your mouth. I think you did it. What? You are the only one in possession of Laurel's murder memory after Pat and I gave it to you. The only way the memory could have been altered is if you, the only person who came in contact with it and knows everything there is to know about the science behind these things, tampered with the memory to add the contacts and wig on the desk. That's ridiculous. I'd had to have known Pat was Jasper all along, so I'd know to put the contacts and the hat in the memory. And even if I knew that, I would have had to know how to alter a memory, which I don't. I must side with my colleague on that point, Detective. I inspect Mrs. Marnillo's memories every night to ensure she is a trustworthy librarian. Sure enough, she did not sabotage any evidence. <sighs> Great, so you're either broken or you're both in on it. I beg your pardon? You know what I think, Jinx? I think you knew that Pat was Jasper and you're trying to cover for him, and now you're trying to frame me after what I did to your family. What? Why would I cover for him when he's already been outed as Jasper? I'm calling it as I see it. What I didn't see in that memory are a pair of contacts and a wig. You should have seen it too. We, we all watched it together in the library. So we're just supposed to believe that this is the first accident in the history of Minosia that these items just magically appeared? And we're hearing this from the best friend and partner of the murderer? How convenient. Historian, check Marnello's memory again. Go to the point where she, Pat, and I were watching the murder memory in the library. I guarantee that you won't find those items in the memory. A reasonable idea, Detective. The historian opened a holographic screen on his computer, accessed Lainey Marnello's memory files, and fast-forwarded to when she was watching the memory with Pat and Jinx. He saw everything both Lainey and Jinx had originally seen. A broken light bulb dangling from the ceiling. A shattered window on the left and a desk with a few scattered papers on it. When he looked on top of the papers on the desk, he saw... a pair of contact lenses and a brown wig. Well, Detective, it appears you were wrong. This can't be happening. Those weren't there yesterday. I promise someone has altered the memory. Once again, it is impossible to complete such a task. If anything, this further supports my idea that Jinx is an accomplice. 
Excuse me? You just so happen to have not seen the most incriminating items in the memory that points to Pat's guilt? And then you try to say this perfect system is flawed? And then you accuse both the historian and myself? Historian, I stand in my theory that Jinx has been masterminding this entire thing as a way to frame me and ruin my life after I slept with her father. Oh my gosh, get over yourself. It is a plausible theory, Detective Hattie. If you don't mind, I would like to take you to my office for further questioning. What, are you guys going to gouge my eyes out too? I don't think so. Detective Hattie, this is the most diplomatic way to solve this problem. Please follow me. No! I don't trust you two. You've both been talking to me like I'm a crazy person, and Marnillo tried to accuse me of being involved in a murder. The last place I'm going is with you or back to my pod. I know what I saw. The system is flawed. Then I'm afraid we'll have to place you under arrest. Yeah, that's not happening either. Jinx bolted away from Lainey and the historian and into the dark hallway. Once she found the door, she opened it and exited the mind's eye. She could still hear the other two shouting her name in the distance. As she continued to run, she reassessed everything that had just happened. A memory had been altered. The two people in control of all the memories either had altered the memory and were trying to cover it up, or had been brainwashed into believing the fake memory to be true. But what could have brainwashed them? What could have made them think she was trying to cover up a murder after all the years she dedicated to the police department? What if she made a mistake? What if she had genuinely missed the contacts and wig? No. Pat was never a monster, right? As she ran as far away as she could, Jinx continued to question whether or not she was right. She was. This concludes today's episode of Tales from Somnium. Starring Gracie Merez as Jinx Hattie, Ben as Pat Movarian, Manticore as the Historian, and May as Lainey Murnillo, with Kala as Laurel Duffer, Shirami Yabi as Jasper Strafe, and Ken Casillas, yours truly, playing the role of the narrator. If you've got questions, I've got your answers, so be sure to tune in next time for more shocks, more thrills, and more tales from Somnium. <laughs>